This is Dan the Dad, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. And if you change the channel, you're grounded. hockey podcast your host jason along with chris what it do well i had a quite a little break there i know after uh the game five heroics of uh tyler bozak we got a recording they're like oh we'll lose around upswing if certain things happen we might be in good shape and after that uh nothing really happened <laughs> unfortunately they look good let's be honest game six we'll do a like real quick recap i think they look good and then the third period just slowly fell apart uh, I got to go to three total playoff games this year. The first two against Minnesota and then game six against Colorado. I think they looked best as a team in game six against Colorado. They were beating Colorado to lose pucks. They played with the lead. Um, I think you're right. I think that third period, the big difference was St. Louis was playing not to lose. And Colorado was playing to win and shut the series out. Or yeah, shut it down. The prevent defense, basically. And honestly, it was looking okay. Sure. It was looking okay. And then um, and Convert got that one goal that was, let's be honest, like Husa made a lot of great saves. But man, that was a bad one. And let's be honest, like somebody made this comparison. And mind you, somebody who really likes him, but he has like the Jake Allen qualities where he can make the most tremendous saves in the world. Yeah. And then like something like that, you're just like, why didn't you not have that one? And you're just That's like, fair. And it was, it was frustrating. Let's but be honest, because say, at the end, we saw what happened with five seconds left. Dude, it happened right in front of me. I was at that game because Hounds, one of the bands that I managed was playing – the Budweiser beer garden before the game and in between periods. So we got standing room tickets, which the standing room area is right behind the goal where the blues defend in the first and third. And I was standing on the left corner of the standing room only area, which is just over the left shoulder of Huso. I watched that play develop in the Colorado in. I watched him start skating towards us. And I looked up at the clock and there was like 12 seconds and I was like mm, this dude's going to score because everybody backed up like they just con- kept conceding ice to him and when Helm crossed the blue line and wound up I was like uh oh and sure enough that red light went on with like four and a half seconds left Yeah, so the Blues drop a heartbreaker and, and I'll ask you this question so the Blues losing six games which we predicted and we kind of thought mm-hmm. you know that man, mind you it was a very winnable series by Very. a long shot, Very. Um, considering we were on our backup goalie. Um, yep. You lost your one of your top, let's say, two or three defensemen. Let's say two, because I think Krug, the top two defensemen for, for sure. most of the series. So you're kind of down a couple of guys. And, man, they lost one of their defensemen, too. I would have loved to have both teams at full strength for that series to see how it would have played out, because I think it was a fantastic series. Yeah. And, obviously, 
it showed because the Blues are the only team to hand them losses in the playoffs so far. I'll tell you right now, Jason, even without a full squad, if St. Louis had found a way to win that game six and they had gone back to, to Denver for a game seven, I think St. Louis takes it. And I'm not saying that as a homer. I'm saying that as a as a guy who's who knows how sports goes and, and hockey. And you have to consider this is a, a, a Colorado Avalanche team that has been a darling for many years and many pick, many, many big, big name analysts picked to win a cup for years on end and haven't found a way to get out of the second round. Mm-hmm. And when when Colorado went up 3-1 and couldn't put the Blues away at home, the way it happened, like being up 3-0 and losing that lead and losing in overtime, I think that was the first of a, oh, crap, here we go again. And the Blues, like Colorado played scared in that first part of that game, and you can yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. And the Blues – did everything they needed to do. The Blues played 55 minutes of, I'm sorry, 45 minutes of really good hockey and 15 minutes of prevent defense. And the last 15 minutes of that third period, you saw Colorado get its legs and do what Colorado does. Yeah. Um, because Colorado is, let's, and as much as, uh, you know, obviously, don't like them, but they're a really good team. Obviously, their reason Great why team. they won, you know, was really close to winning the president's trophy this year. Yep. And they're obviously the best team in the West, right? Uh, throughout the yep. season and improved how good they are. I mean, they got a lot of great players. The Blues are just a couple players off. So we'll talk, we'll get into it more. But the Blues obviously dropped this one. I want to talk about a little bit what had the I say post game, but like the, the locker clean out day, uh, kind of talk. So, sure. um, Braden Shen, obviously all of us are very much like he's not playing, like obviously something's going on because he's not scoring any goals, but he always, he's still doing the hitting and he's, but three broken ribs, uh, torn, torn shoulder. So, yeah. I mean, he is, uh, was pretty messed up and still managed to get through most of that game. Uh, Bennington does not need surgery in the off season. So, which is good. Um, the people let's put it the rest now and get this over with. So obviously the whole cadre incident was brought up in. Um, I think Bennington handled the answer very well. And they asked about the water bottle situation, which we kind of talked about last podcast where um, there's a water bottle thrown at cadre and he admitted throwing at the cadre. And he said, I'm sitting there, this guy sitting here like smiling and talking about how great of a game it was and how much in this. And I'm sitting there with my leg in a brace. Yeah. And as he's also, he's basically said the quote was, I was a God given opportunity for him to throw the water, mind you, and it was an empty water bottle, wasn't have any liquid in it, didn't even come. And he said it literally landed two feet, you know, yeah. and near him, so it didn't even get hit him, you know. So he admitted to it. Let's move on. I mean, I know a lot, of, I know because we're a blues podcast, obviously, we like Bennington, but let's be honest for what he's done on the ice, you know, swinging the stick, um you know, going after different players on San Jose that one time, including Dubnik. Uh, a lot of people don't like Jordan Bennington around the league. Agreed. So Agreed. that's kind of why that narrative kind of was he was somehow became the villain of everything. Obviously, the whole racist uh, messages didn't help. And then 
obviously a good story. But yeah, but you come can't back put that get, on him. Correct. But I mean, that's the, but like, obviously he didn't do it, but there's sympathy then getting for Kadri. So then when there's a negative story, another, so just kind of a pile on situation where it's like, sure. you have that and it just kind of piled on. Um, and say what you want. I heard some people, I know Tim Peel, who was on the show, is getting crap for this. Uh, Nazem Kadri got hit from behind against on game three of the Western Conference final by Evander Kane and is out for the rest of the playoffs, probably. Today came out that he might be able to return, but he's probably out for the rest of the playoffs. Yep. Uh, Some people say karma, karma, say karma, say what you want. It's this interesting, this how things work out. So we'll leave it at that. And so the Blues, uh, you know, looks like no major injuries outside of what Shen happened. Uh, hopefully, Bennington said he'll be ready for the next season. Uh, Perron basically said he wants to come back. Armstrong said he wants to come back. Almost every insider said they think he's coming back. So once again, he'll probably sign his only contract with the St. Louis Blues, depending on what it is. Uh, we'll talk about all the off-season goings in the next podcast. We'll save that like as a wrap-up to the you know complete season. So, but we'll do our usual uh, grades. Like I know that was the thing that, that we always do at the end here. So we're just gonna go through real quick all the grades. I saw uh, Rutherford did his, and he did a regular season and playoff one. I'm down with that. Okay, if you want to do that, we'll, do, we'll go through that. So I'm gonna go through, and I won't read what he said. I'll just read. Uh, uh, players were so Ivan Barbashev we'll tell her, start with forwards and work our way down so Barbashev um, did really well this year a career high of 26 goals and 60 points so basically doubles doubling his career totals for both things but in the playoffs not great mm-hmm. uh, demoted to the fourth line uh, before we see your grade do you think Ivan Barbashev just played above his pay grade this year and had a really great end. You not a free agent this year. It's next year he's a UFA. But do you think um, he is more than a fourth liner, or do you think the fourth line is about where he should be slotted in at as maybe a guy who can rotate up every once in a while? I think that this next year will tell you that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's ready for prime time after one year. We've seen many a player have a lights out year and come back and just not be able to replicate it. Uh, That said, I don't think how, I don't know how you could be anything but impressed with what this guy did this year. You know, uh, I'm not going to go put his name on the back of a winter classic Jersey, but, (laughs) but you know, the guy was money all year. You know, I think he was leading the team in goals or tied for the leading goals for, Early on, yeah, you were on good portion of the, of the beginning of the pace. year. Yeah. So you know, it's hard to answer that question after one year. I think if he can do it again, then yeah, you're looking at a middle six guy. So, what would be your grade for uh, Ivan Barbashev? So regular, regular season, season A. For, I mean A. Playoffs, probably a D. Uh, that's my exact grades as well. We'll just we won't do pluses and all that stuff. I just whatever. Right. So um, yeah, A and D. Obviously, you bottomed out for whatever reason. No, nothing came out that he was hurt. At least there's nothing was said. So maybe he was hurt, and that just never got revealed or nicked up or whatever. Uh, Tyler Bozak, you know, he signed late in the year uh, for a very team friendly contract. 
you know, played on the fourth line, was a penalty kill guy, uh, you know, after signing the, you know, three-year, $5 million per deal. What do you think of Retired Bozak? Three goals, nine assists this year. Um, you know, playoffs, he did have two goals, so did contribute almost as many goals in the playoffs that he did in the regular season. So Yeah, I'm a Bozak guy, and I always have been. I, I, I give him a C for the regular season. I think he served his role well. I don't think he did anything that made him stand out, but he didn't do anything that made him stand out in a bad way either. Uh, playoffs, I'd give him a solid B. I think he was one of our, especially that Colorado series, I think he was one of our one of our most consistent bottom six guys. Like when he was on there, mm-hmm. there were there was games in that Colorado series where the Blues couldn't complete three passes in a row. Uh, but Bozak was solid when he was in there. I'd give him a B in the playoffs. I would really like to see the makeup of that fourth line change a little. Like Bozak is great, Torpachenko was great. If you can find a speedy right winger who can get in, it can hit and um, get in on the forecheck that will be a really great line for next year. So I think they need to do a little bit something with that fourth line, but you think uh, he's back? Or do you think he's gone? If he wants to come back, I think he comes back. And I think he winds up being your fourth line extra forward next year. So yeah. like on some games when they need him, you know, he'll play. And then obviously maybe when they want more of a grinding fourth line, maybe they'll put some, whatever UFA they decide to sign, or maybe somebody like, Dakota Joshua or somebody like that who was, you know, maybe even slot the next guy we're going to talk about, Logan Brown, down to the fourth line. As much as we kind of talked about him wanting to be a top nine guy, uh, started off pretty well. They kind of trailed off throughout the year. Uh, didn't play in the playoffs at all. So I want to give him the same thing as Rutherford gave was a C. I mean, he came out with a bang, sure. showed that he um, has some skill and can have it, but obviously there's a reason why Ottawa soured on him. And I think we kind of saw it where he's just very inconsistent. So I think if he can kind of, if he can change his role a little bit and can get in more and be more of a fourth line grinding guy, maybe, maybe improve his face offs a little bit like Robert Thomas did. Maybe there's a new role for him and then maybe he can, that could be his type of role for now on. But yeah, uh, I think he's going to be a work in progress guy, but again, you can, what we had to give up to get him. Zach Sam. So yeah, he's an upgrade over that. Uh, I would give him a C for the regular season. I think that he, like you, everything you said, started out great, kind of tailed off towards the middle end of the season. Um, but I think you see what can be with him. It's just going to be getting an off season with him, strength and conditioning, you know, getting him used to more how we do things in St. Louis. And I think that he has the ability to live up to his uh, first round pick status. Okay, would be nice. So the big offseason uh, acquisition last year, Pava Vushnevitz, uh 30 goals, 46 assists, 76 points. Basically a tremendous pickup for Sammy Blay in a second-round pick. That's one of yes. the steals of last offseason. Uh, helped make the power play unit number two in the league. Played on the penalty kill. All around, awesome guy. It worked out great. So, um, obviously, easy A for me. Same in the – I honestly want to get in the in playoffs. There's a couple of games where he disappeared, but then when he got going, the, his passing is very underrated, right. I think. Um, oh, yeah. I like Tarasenko where, like, he had some great passes that, you know, Thomas finished some goals on. Uh, so, I think that's a good combination for the future. So, let's uh, keep going with that. So, Pavel Bushnevitz A's all around for me. Um, Same. 
uh, obviously he endured himself to me in game two of the year when he just headbutted a dude. So right then and there, I'm like, that's my new favorite player. I love him. So that was immediately, I'm like, that dude is insane enough to headbutt some guy like right in front of the ref and get suspended for a game. So deal. Uh, Dakota Joshua. So obviously a big fourth line guy played well enough to make the team, but then kind of trailed off and he's doing pretty well down in the uh, Springfield right now, which we'll talk about them after our grades. Uh, but, you know, kind of went up and down throughout the year. So I give them, uh, obviously we're not doing pluses. It'd be a C plus we're doing pluses, but I'll do a C. He played a little bit in the playoff, just one playoff game. So really nothing you can say there. So I'll just say a C all around for me. Um, yeah, I'll echo that. You know, uh, Three goals, five assists uh, for eight points, just to let you know quick. To me, he's pretty much the exact same as uh, Tyler Bozak. Like, he didn't do anything to me this year that made him stand out in a good way but he didn't do anything that made him stand out in a bad way. Um, he was, he filled the role. Well, I never felt like he was a detriment on the ice. Uh, I would like to see more from him. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people around the hot around hockey who are way higher on him than I am, but I would say that a C is, is a solid, solid place for him. Yeah. Our friend, my friend, uh, Rob is very high on, uh, Dakota Joshua loves when loves that Dakota Joshua. So, Next guy we have very high hopes for, and I'll be honest, uh, I'm officially off the hype train here, and I think it's time for a change of scenery for this guy. Clint Costin made the team, didn't play much, and kind of got put up in the, you know, after winning the KHL championship. I know a lot of people were high again on him. Came over and seemed like he was doing okay and started off on the third line and then quickly got down to the fourth line and then was sitting and then quickly got sent down to the minors by December um, did okay in the AHL. Um, he, hit, he hit a lot, which is great. But for for, for the first round pick, what you what he's projected as, same as um, Logan Brown. I think that's our, he's basically our Logan Brown. I guess you could say. Like, I think it's time for a change of scenery for him. He's an RFA this yeah. year. I think they'll qualify him and everything because he's doing okay in the minors. But it's also that chance that he's done over here. He maybe he wants to go back to KHL. And that's a possibility. Or he may just must change the scenery to some other team. Who knows? But I, I go with a, a I'll be honest, I'm going to go with an F because at the end of the day, for what we what we expected of him, he did not live up to it. So he gets an F for me. Yeah, man. I I really wanted him. I wanted this to be the year. You know, he made the team. Um, he showed glimpses of it at the end of the previous year. And it just never, it, it just never got together here. You know, you saw, like you mentioned, you saw what he did in the KHL and winning the championship. And uh, I don't know why he can't seem to put it together here in the NHL. He um, has all the I tools, fear- man. It's just one of those things where, mind you, he's still pretty young and only like 22, 23 years old. So, I mean, he's yeah. got, you know, like potential. I mean, he's still not like, old by any means, but I guess he's been around since he's been 18. So we've been waiting for this potential to go through in five years. The late bloomer. And that's maybe? the trick, man. That, is he a that late right bloomer there. or are you just going to hold on to him and pray that something happens? Like, well, it's like a Barbashev. We were waiting for all those years for him to be, mind you, he's a good fourth liner, but then this year he broke out for 26 goals. Like, do we right. have the time to wait till he's 25, 26, or do we maybe look and see what his value is at his lowest too? So do you want to sell this low on him? So there's a that, lot of different factors. And you hit on it right there is, you know, change of scenery may be what he needs, but right now, what do you, what are you realistically getting in return for Clint Costin? Not yeah, much. Not much. Um, Zach Sanford. How many years left on his deal? 
He's an RFA this year. All right. Look, man, I, I say that you offer him a deal. If someone wants him, then take the picks and return. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know if you can wind up getting a uh, – because if you get sign him, I believe it has to be a one like a one way deal for now on. So they're getting sign a two way or unless you convince them to take a two way deal, Sue. But still, he'll have to pass through waivers, and I don't know if you're going to get him through waivers, honestly. Um, so be interesting, to see. So we'll talk about the one of the breakout guys of this year, Jordan Cairo. So twenty seven goals, forty six assists, seventy five points. Playoffs, seven goals, two assists, and for nine points. Mind you, all looks great there. Um, I think the regular season definitely and definitely an A. He broke out, ship won the fastest skater, you know, type of you know, was in the all-star game, and it seemed like he had trouble after the all-star game putting stuff together, and then he kind of got it near together at the end of the season, had glimpses of it in the playoff, but on the last goal that Darren Helm scored, if he put in some effort into checking. And he just was coasting. If he went into there and checked him, he probably wouldn't have got the that line that fast or at all. And it's not all on Jordan Cairo on that play. There was a lot of stuff that went wrong in that play. But there's a couple of times where Cairo was just coasting and controller unplugged. Yes, exactly. The controller was unplugged. Um, I think playoffs. Uh, I agree. Like there's a couple of glaring times in the playoffs where the defense is lacking, and I get it. Some guys are just all offense. I mean, Brett Hall was not a fan of playing defense for a long time. I get that. Uh, but unfortunately, the way this team is built, you kind of got to be at least somewhat competent on both ends of the ice. Um, Pavel Bushnevitz could do it and did it well. Maybe Jordan Kyrie can figure it out. There was a guy on this team who couldn't figure it out. And uh, he just wound up not, you know, being a really good player. And that would be Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko early on was definitely a guy that Ken Hitchcock didn't trust wound up being on the fourth line and not even playing in the playoffs during his rookie year. So he wound up, you know, not being great uh, defensively, but I think he really, really worked on his game. And after he worked on his game, uh, he wound up being a really, really, you know, obviously much better defensively than he was, you know, you know, he, he, when he was in the past. So maybe Kyrou can do that too and turn it around and be, you know, you know, at least competent on both ends. But, you know, obviously has definitely the offensive skill and the flair to be a star. Yep. Hopefully on this team, I, you can get him to be a little more better defensively, a little better on the back checking, and then be, be a more of an all-around player. I think that's the, that's the off-season assignment for Jordan Kyrou is learn to play defense, you know. You mentioned Brett Hall, and yeah, Brett Hall didn't play defense, but if you're going to score 80 goals a season, I don't need you to play defense. True. And also, um, Brett Hall didn't remember the guy who turned him around was Ken Hitchcock. Yeah. Dallas yeah. turned him and made him play defense, and he even said, like, he hated it, but he made him a better player. So, yeah. uh, his offseason. He won a I, cup in Dallas. Yeah. And um, I think uh, the finalize everything, I think somebody after, I think it might have been Rutherford's you know, thing or whoever was somebody online said, you basically go to Jordan Kyron and say, do you want to be the guy that they're showing during national games in between periods that they're the, you're the guy on NHL network. You're the guy that's, you know, in the commercials yeah. that they're showing, you know, like He's you, got be, potential. you could be that guy 
if you improve on these aspects, or do you just want to be a third line guy who can score some goals and be just a power play specialist? Yeah. You can, I mean, be a, you can be this guy. You can be a Vladimir Tarasenko guy where you're going to be in the star on the cover of video games potentially. Or you can just be a speedy guy who gets second and third line minutes your rest of your career who's just a guy who bounces around. Let's just be real. Way. He's got two roads to go down right now. He can be Vladimir Tarasenko or he can be David Perron. Yeah, nothing against David Perron. But was, he ever, but was he ever a star? I mean, obviously, Austin St. Louis know him very well, and he obviously yeah. has at least a little bit of a name around the league, but that's what you'll be known as. But will you be – was David Perron the guy on TV and stuff and the guy who's on the cover of video games? No. no. David Perron isn't on national commercials. David Perron isn't on the cover of NHL, 2K, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is. So, you know, do you want – he's – Jordan Cairo is set to be a face-of-the-franchise type player. But – he's got to figure out the other things and he's got to figure, he's also got to get into his head that when you're on the ice, you give it all you have until you're not on the ice. Yeah. And if the slumps happen, they happen, obviously, and you got to work your way out of them. And I think that was the problem after the all-star game this year, it was very hard for him to get going again. Yeah. And he really struggled after that. So hopefully he gets it together and uh, got one year left at $2.8 million. So if he wants that hefty raise, improve your game and that uh, yep. both i mean obviously the offensive skills are there like there's nothing there where you need to figure it out like you got it like you're i think that's he's elite in that manner to me agreed the effort in the defense needs work if you can get yes. if you can get better hey even if the defense minorly improves but the effort's there i'll take that all day agreed. every day so we'll agreed. go to the captain next ryan o'reilly um had an okay season, obviously. Another one of our 20 goal scorers, 21, 37, 58. Had a very good playoff. And yes. that's why he gets an A across the board for me because the games when nobody looked good, it was the veterans of O'Reilly and Perron dragging this team to like game one against Colorado. Though they were dragging this team. You yeah. know, obviously, Kyrie got the goal late in game one. But it was those two guys who were dragging this team into where it's at. So he gets an A for me. And he is definitely going to be uh, moving on. No, not moving on, but getting another contract very soon. Yeah, I will give O'Reilly a B in the regular season. Um, he came on late. Uh, he was never a guy who I hated to see on the ice. But compared to years before, I feel like there wasn't the production for large periods of time that there was in the past seasons. Again, I mean, that's me nitpicking. You know, mm -hmm. he set the bar very high his first yeah. three years here. Uh, playoffs, leaders come to play in the playoffs, and Ryan O'Reilly showed up every damn game. That's I mean. The guy um, who is not a fast guy, nope. not the strongest guy. Nope. But how many times did he win puck battles, steal the puck, Agreed. get shots Agreed. on goal? Jordan Cairo needs to learn from Ryan O'Reilly what it takes to be an NHL player. If he just takes um, that effort into his skill set, the sky's low. Yeah. Honestly. Oh, for sure. If you could put Ryan O'Reilly's heart and desire into every player on this team, they wouldn't lose a single hockey game. Mm. Yep. Um, they would have won the cup easily. Like, I mean, that's not saying easy. every, not saying there's guys who, Super lack it, but just like if that the type of effort he puts in every day is like he leaves it all out there, and yep. that's definitely a 
you know, you know, St. Louis Blues fans love that trait because we know Agreed. we love our we love our grinders. So not saying he's a grinder, but we'd love that type of play where you're giving it your all every shift. Agreed. So, so guy, we just talked about David Perron once again keeps defying age and you know being 34 years old gets another almost 30 goal season 27 30 for 57 points led the team in goals this playoffs with nine four and one um he seemed to get two hat tricks two hat tricks so he seemed to be the all right now he had two goals one game he had three and two so that's what okay. it was so but he uh he kind of be like he kind of got his own Ovechkin spot on the power play. That spot, yeah, on he the, really does. He kind of like like when he has a puck over there, you're almost half expecting it to go in every time he gets a shot. Yep, because he's yeah. getting to be that good on the power play. One of the reasons why the power play was very good this year, he's very deadly on the power play. So uh, he came, he's come back to St. Louis ever since re-signing his deal again after being in Vegas, and has been nothing but impressive. Every time him and O'Reilly have some chemistry, like I don't even know how to explain it, the chemistry yeah. that they have. It's um, it's hollow notes esque. Yeah. It's just they know where each other is at. They are, you know, feeding off each other. And those two are the two guys leading the way a lot of nights. So A across the board for me for David Brown. Agreed. Agreed. I, I can't find a flaw in in the in Perron season or off or postseason. You know, he sure he's guilty of a couple of offensive zone penalties. But that's David Perron. That's just how intense he is when he plays. Um, but you can't fault him when he's putting the puck in the net every game. Yeah. So uh, one of the big offseason signings last year was uh, Brandon Saad. So he signed a five-year, $22.5 million deal. Had a very good year. His most goals since he was in Columbus, 24-25 uh, for 49. So obviously I say regular season, definitely an A, just like Rutherford gave him. But – I think in the playoffs, he only had a couple of goals. Mind you, the one that spurred the comeback uh, against Minnesota in game five was huge. Yeah. But my, uh, I just think I, I just want to see more out of him. He just seemed like at times I didn't really hear him. Like here, he was the guy on the, you know, with Perron and uh, O'Reilly a lot, but you didn't seem like you heard Sod's name a lot. I agree. And that's I, why I, I, I kind of give him a C too. for the playoffs. Is he in the playoffs? I didn't really. I wanted more. Um, yes. Not saying that would have changed the tide or anything, but it seemed like he he had two goals just against St. Louis in the playoff run last year. So um, I would like to see more out of him, and I think we will. So just you know, we got a lot of time with him, four more years left. So I'll go with a A for regular season because another one of twenty goal scores, but a C for the playoffs. I'll do the exact same for the exact same reason you said. Yep. I think you hit the nail on the head. You, he came in and did a great job in the regular season, career high outside of from when he was in Columbus. But you said it. There were times in the playoffs where he was on the line with two guys who were all over the score sheet, and somehow he was invisible. Yeah, and I don't know how that happens, but yeah, it's it weird. So, no, there's some line shuffling at times, but still he was there a lot. So that's what his yeah. line primarily was. So until later on where they moved Braden Shen that line. Right. Shen, uh, I think during regular season, considering all the injuries he had, his third rib injury, he had broken ribs for like a long time. Basically throughout most of the season, he had some kind of broken rib, which is insane to think about when he was had 24, 34 for 58. Uh, so regular season, uh, definitely a B for me. I think, you know, obviously considering that contract he got, uh, he had a lot yep. of injuries too, but still 
yeah, so he had finally, just to give us, I forgot, I said torn shoulder. I was wrong. It was torn oblique. So he had three Ooh. rib injuries and a torn oblique, which is, and he still had led the team in assist and hits in the playoffs. So in the playoffs, you like to see the goals when you really needed it, but obviously it's hard to, I can't, because the injuries you didn't know about. So I still give him, I still give him a C for the playoffs. So B and a C for me. Um, I'll give him a B across the board. The thing that I will say about um, Braden Shen is that you know when he's on the ice. And the reason you know when he's on the ice is because other players on the other teams are usually on their ass. Um, that guy ain't afraid to hit anybody. And there were so many times in this playoff run where he would get that one big hit that would cause a turnover that would spark the offense and get the blues back in the game. And while he may not have shown up on the stat sheet, I think he did a lot to help the blues win some of these tight games. Um, I think if he was healthy, you see more of him on the score sheet, but I think especially knowing what we know now to go out there and throw your body around when you have three broken ribs, man, oh man. Like, yeah, that's uh, my dude. better man than I am. So, yeah. uh, so moving on to Vladimir Tarasenko, Tarasenko did not know what we were getting out of him this year. And we got like uh, somebody says on our broadcast, vintage Vladimir Tarasenko. So yep. Tarasenko went 34, 48 for 82 points. So point per game, you know, player which is insane like i mean that's 82 we only played in 75 so more than right. one point per game so and the playoffs not too bad had the hat trick in game five that spurred the blues to beat minnesota and i think really put the nail in the coffin of minnesota yep. um had a had the goal in game five of colorado to help that whole comeback that we had to get us to game six yes. um so i was hoping you know, obviously, I think definitely an A for regular season. Uh, playoffs, I think outside of the two games, I think he has some games where he wouldn't play that well. Um, maybe he's getting checked tighter. I think also Robert Thomas was part of that. You know, they all that whole line was getting checked really hard in the Columbus, or excuse me, Columbus, Colorado series. So I'll do a B <laughs> for him for the playoffs. Yeah, I'll do the same. I, I, I think that you can't. <sighs> You can't pick apart his regular season. I mean, no one knew what you were going to get. I yeah, was ready for him to be another four-goal campaign from Tarasenko. You know, I, there was a yeah, part we of picked, We picked him mind. to not do that well, honestly. We, we were yeah. expecting the worst, and we got literally better than, better than he's ever done almost. I will be the first to admit that when he said, well, I'll just play this season and I'll play my heart out for St. Louis, I was like, my ass, you will. Hmm. I was like, you're going to play for a trade. And if there's no trade, you're just going to shut it down. He didn't do that. Yeah. That guy came out to play. And um, I think it's one of the best seasons we've ever seen from him. All around uh, game. I, yeah. All yeah. around, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, he, I mean, goals, obviously he didn't. But I mean, but all around, I think that was the best Vladimir Tracing we've probably ever seen. So I think it's really mm. good. Really good for the Blues uh, now. And who knows? Um, well, we'll pose the, uh, we kind of talked about it before, but. Do you move Vladimir Tarasenko this offseason? Let's just, let's just say he will sign a new contract with St. Louis. Let's say maybe the – let's say he wants – let's see, he'll be like 31, 32. Let's say he wants 
five years at five and a half million dollars. Here's the problem, Jason, is that with the cap not moving up the way the league intended it to, mm-hmm. somebody's going to get left out of the St. Louis Blues. Between this year and next year, there's a lot of big names coming up that are going to get a lot of money. The Blues don't have a lot of money to play with. Someone's going to be gone. My gut tells me it's easier to replace Vladimir Tarasenko than it is to replace Ryan O'Reilly. Um, I and Let's also be honest. I don't think Tarasenko's stock has ever been much higher than it is right now. Mm-hmm. I think if you could work with the team and that team could get a guarantee from Tarasenko to sign once traded, I would not be surprised to see Vladimir Tarasenko move to this offseason. Yeah, it's a, there's definitely a chance. Um Blues have a off next offseason is definitely I say this upcoming year is gonna be kind of like we've seen this before, the last ride for a certain core of players. It's the calm before the storm. Because my you had the last ride when you had the, like the back as Oshi, yep. Shattenkirk, Berglund, all those guys. Then you moved on, and then you had, you know, with Stastny moved, came in and he had like that, that group, and then now you had you know Petrangelo was in that group, and then yep. you had the, like kind of the last ride. Kind of 2019 was close to it. You think about it, they had another year of it, and then obviously Petro leaves. Uh, that shakes things up, and you bring in Justin Falk, and you're kind of refiguring things out. And you have four guys that are up after the next year. You have Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko. And if you want to add Ivan Barbashev to that too, you can. So there's five years, five year top top nine potential forwards are free agents to a degree. I think two are RFAs, but still that's big. You're not going to let Robert Thomas go. No. You're likely not going to let Ryan O'Reilly go. And Robert Thomas is going to get a big raise. Yeah. O'Reilly probably, hopefully around the same money, maybe a little bit of a bump. So the problem then comes in. What do you offer Vladimir Tarasenko if he wants to stay? And I'm not sure he does, but that's again why I say when you look at everyone else who comes up next year, there's not enough money to go around. Someone's got to go. And And you're also going to try to by someone. I don't mean someone who makes league minimum. I mean, someone with a, with a hefty contract has got to go so that you can disperse that money and give everybody else raises. And to me, that's Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, and then you have to figure out um, guys like Jake Neighbors, who's in the finals right now for WHL. Um, yep, Zachary, he's coming in. Zachary Bolduc, um, probably going to go back to the juniors unless he somehow blows them away, mm-hmm. kind of like Jake Neighbors did. Um, but I really highly think just spot-wise, there's really not too many left for where you want to put him. So he's yeah. not really on your radar to the year after. So that leaves – I mean – you almost have to have a spot for Jake Neighbors, which to me that screams where Ivan Barbashev is supposed to be. And that's why and I, I think, don't disagree with that either. And that's why I think if Barbashev doesn't prove, obviously he did really well, almost his stock is the highest it's ever been. 
Also agree. Think about it. You can trade a guy who got 26 goals who's making two and that less than two and a half million dollars. You can probably get something decent for him if yes. you really want. But Tarasenko supposedly got along with teammates, especially Bushnevitz and Barbashev. So do you want to like upset him by doing that? If you especially well, if you're not gonna if you're gonna keep him, do you want to trade a guy like that? Who knows? Has there been any official word since the end of the season on where he sits with his trade request demand? The only thing that was said during the offs during the little block clean out by Armstrong, he's like, he's like, I expect Vladimir Tarasenko to be with this team next year. Mind you, he's not gonna fly out and say, I plan on trading them, guys, just to let you know, like obviously. Sure. But he said he expects them to be there, and they didn't say anything. He, that's all he said. They didn't say like he rescinded his trade request, he didn't do this, didn't do that. Who knows? Rutherford really doesn't know either. So, I mean, he was the one who was doing all the reporting on it. So who knows if that kind of went away. Right. Um, they've said on social media by they, I mean, uh, Tarasenko and his wife said the media has misconstrued things. So who knows? I, I, I don't know how the media misconstrues what are, what are supposedly direct quotes from you via Jeremy Rutherford. Yeah. Basically his agent feeding them. Uh, yeah. Robert Thomas, obviously another breakout year, 20 goals. 57 assists for 77 points uh, in the playoffs. Uh, only two goals, four assists, and six points. Mind you, the four assists were only thing he had going into game five. In game five, he got two goals. Right. So, uh, won a little bit more from him. He got Tylee Chitkins, Minnesota, against their grief line. Um, and then also tightly checked uh, in the Colorado series. So, um, definitely an A for the regular season. He looked elite as the kids say um in the playoffs i will give him a c um i think definitely there's room to grow there maybe seeing he's he obviously was there for most of the cup run he he got knocked out by tory krug in the Stanley Cup finals game one right so wasn't there for everything but i think maybe now you're knowing you're the guy instead of just being a supplemental player or or secondary player you have to be the guy in the so maybe he learns from this and continues to grow obviously he got better in the face-off circle this year so maybe he slowly gets better and stuff and maybe with the upcoming horizon maybe one of his friends be on the team in a couple years maybe he improves and that will work out so who knows so a and a c for me i'm gonna give him an a and a b i think that again his regular season was tremendous it was the step forward that we've been wanting to see from robert thomas ever since he got here and had and won the Stanley Cup. I I think that during the playoffs, he was shut down a little bit, but that entire line that was so dynamic during the regular season got really, really shut down. Um, so I can't put it all on him. Um, I think that, I hope, I should say, I hope that we continue to see him take steps forward. Uh, he is proving to be every bit as elite as we thought he would be. And the national stage is now starting to take notice of him. Yeah. So uh, hopefully he continues to grow and it's good news for blues fans. So we're getting close to the end here. So we'll do these two last two guys, uh, Tark Pachinko and Walker. So two guys that kind of came up later and revamped that fourth line. And both guys are definitely St. Louis blues fans type of players you know skate hard play the game you know the right way uh Torpachenko had two goals a couple assists in the playoffs uh Walker had eight goals and four assists total in the regular season 
can't ask much more from guys called up in the AHL. Torpachenko basically made him made himself the uh, penciled himself, he penciled himself, wrote himself in pen, I guess you could say, for the roster this next season. A guy that you just kind of didn't think would be a guy that would be called up that much made a mark and didn't look out of place any game. Honestly, I think he I, has speed um, for a big that guy. He wasn't afraid to hit. Got a bit of a shot. Maybe he's a guy who can maybe. He obviously played on the third line a little bit during the uh, playoffs in the season, but I think it's definitely the type of guy you want on your third and fourth line. So I'll take that. So he gets an A across the board. Uh, Walker, I'll just say B and an incomplete because he really didn't play much in the playoffs. I would say the same for Walker. Uh, and I, I, I will agree with you and your grades for Torpachenko. Uh, one of the things that I will say is we, we referenced earlier, if you could put Ryan O'Reilly's heart and hustle into Jordan Cairo, I think if you could put, from the prospect side of things, Torpachenko's drive and passion into Clint Costin's size and skill set. I mean, Torpachenko's a big dude too, but I mean, yeah, I get your point though. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Clint Costin would be uh, a guy in the top six in NHL. Yeah. So. I, I think Torpachenko played the way we hoped Clint Costin would. Yeah. So, well, that wraps it up for our forward group. We'll quickly move through the defense here. Robert Bortuzzo, one goal, five assists. That's really not his thing. This year, I don't know um, what it was. He was always a guy that like, always bugged me on defense. He always seemed out of position and stuff. That, but he really improved a lot this year. Yeah, he and did. Well, his shot blocking was superb. Uh, I think definitely a B for me. And a B in an, I would say a B's across the board. Uh, played well, both in, you know. Playing defense was a was a big part of the penalty kill. So signed him for cheap for the next two years. So that's another thing. He took a pay cut to stay here for his next two years of his career. We'll take that. Even if he regresses, let's say after next season, he kind of regresses. He's still a solid seventh guy that you can use to come in and spell you and play a hard game. So just fine. So we'll take that. So B's across the board for me for Rob Bortuzzo. Yeah, he uh, he really kind of took a step forward as a stay home defenseman this year. And he was a phenomenal shot blocker and great on the PK when he was out there. Uh, I think he served his role well. He's not a, a top two guy. He's arguably a top four guy. He's definitely a bottom four guy. Um, I think he did everything you asked of him. I'll give him. I'll give him a, a B and a B. Yep. So uh, a guy that, in my opinion, is the guy that you're talking about that replaces uh, Alex Petrangelo, and it's Justin Falk. Uh, just let the leader of this defense, in my opinion, just plays well. 16 goals, 31 assists during the playoff, during, me, during the regular season, one and seven during the uh, postseason. Crazy that he almost had another 20 goals, just like another, you know, leading the way. I don't have enough good things to say, considering how maybe he was just miscast or I don't know what it was his first year at the Blues, but he's turned it around and makes this trade look borderline genius for. Uh, Doug Armstrong, he basically gave up at the end of the day, gave up Joel Edmondson and a draft pick. The uh, obviously giving up who we give up. I can't even add his name on tip my tongue. I was ready to say it, but a uh, former first round pick and he's stuck down the minors. So I don't think he's going to turn into anything. So worked out for the Blues. Justin Falk, A and A for me. Yeah. Look, he's the leader on defense. I don't care what. Doug Armstrong says, I don't care what Craig Berube says. I don't care what the TV, the radio, 
and the internet reporters have to say, it ain't Colton Pareko, it's Justin Falk. He is your number one defenseman. He is your defensive leader in the locker room. And there's nothing that you can take away from this dude's game. He is all heart. He's skill. He goes out there and hits people, and he's constantly up against some of the best players in the league. He's fantastic. And as bad as his first year was, he has followed it up with two absolutely dynamic, phenomenal seasons. Yeah, so real happy with you with he's uh, done. So uh, moving on next to Tory Krug. Krug had nine goals, 34 assists and for 43 points, three assists in the playoffs. Obviously, he's hurt, got to add that knee injury after running around like crazy uh, in the first round that forced him to, you know, force the team to kind of do the whole 11-7 thing. But yeah, uh, leader of the, the power play, that was number two. So you really – look at him that way. One of the few defensemen who can move the puck out besides Justin Falk uh, with ease. So he gets B's across the board for me. Um, playoffs. Eh, I say, let's go to C for playoffs. Cause since, and you get since he ran like an idiot and got himself injured. So we'll go with a C for playoffs and then B for regular season for me. Uh, I would agree with all of that. Yeah. Every single one. And so the big trade, the blues well, de- trade deadline was Nick Letty. Well, a lot of us, we, we poo pooed on it just like a lot of people. Boy, were we wrong. Nick Letty fit in really nicely and got some steadiness to the Blues defense. So uh, two and six and then one and four in the playoffs. Uh, I'll give him uh, B's across the board. So he fit in very seamless. I uh, The Blues re-signed him. I'm kind of curious on what kind of contract he's looking for, but um, I wouldn't be mad if they re-signed him, but I also would like the Blues to upgrade and use him as kind of like the safety net in case they can't find the better four defensemen. I I love Nick Letty, and I was a fan of his from back when he was uh, with the Islanders the last few years and, and their deep run in the playoffs. I think that he has a breakout pass that is on par with what Petro used to give this team. Um, I think that he's also got the ability to shut down uh, other players' teams and uh, our other other team's top players. And I, I don't know what they offer him. I don't know if he's interested in staying, but I would love for him to come back as the blue. Uh, Nico Mikola is next on our list and with three goals, 10 assists, and then one assist in the playoffs. Um, for me, um, he's developing into a nice stay-at-home, mid-defensive specialist type of guy. To me, he's a perfect five, six-year third-pairing guy. But he's, a, yep. he, he's one of the few guys on the team that brings a physical edge along with Rob Ortuzzo. Put those two on the third defensive pair and just let it go. Um, I think that's like his best role for him. Um, if he improves, that's great. But I think that's just that's a nice plateau. I mean, you're getting a guy who is a sixth and seventh, a seventh round pick. So really getting a guy who's a regular NHL or out of him, like you really can't be argued with it. So I'll go with. Uh, I go with a B and then playoffs. He was just okay. So I'll say C. So B and a C for me. Yeah, I agree. I think that he he was very good in the regular season. He wasn't quite as good in the playoffs, but he was serviceable. Right. And the guy, the much maligned Colton Preco is next, six and twenty-nine, and then two goals, three assists for playoffs. Here's the thing about Colton Preco. He'll go through streaks of like play where you're like that's the guy i want like after the um all-star game he was one of the best defensemen at five on five in the league chris do you know that yes i do yeah he was tied for number five in the nhl for block shots this year and just 10 behind the league lead um 
He was, you know, lauded career high, almost 1,600 minutes. But here's the thing. And which I was, I had this comparison the other day, and I think this is a perfect comparison. We're always asking for a Jay Bomeister type of guy to get paired with him, right? Yep. So maybe it's the other way around. Maybe he's the Jay Bomeister guy, and then we need the offensive other guy be the left-handed guy on his thing and he'd be more to take the lead and then Colton Pricko is more of the you know maybe play state defense he did better um wasn't physical at all but I think having like separation between guys and and stick checking I think that improved this year but unfortunately the glaring mistakes happen overshadow all that like the flip over the glass when nobody's around you play yep. in game six yeah that caused the power play, which, mind you, that the goal was not considered a power play goal, but it was scored two seconds after the power play expired. Yeah. So, it's so to me, maybe he's just the Jay Bomeister type, and that's what he's going to be because he's not going to be overly physical. Remember, Jay Bomeister, bigger dude, lanky, but bigger dude. Right. So maybe that's what you. Maybe that's his plateau. Maybe he's just going to be a Jay Bomeister type of guy, and then you need a really good left handed defensive well, pair with them to make that a dynamic pairing. Chris Kerber said something on the radio on the way out of the garage after game six, after the blues were eliminated. And to me, it's something that I've thought about for a while, certainly over the last couple of years. And that is this. If Colton Pareko is going to be treated as our number one defenseman, why are we always having the conversation about finding someone to pair with Colton Pareko to make him better? When you look at number one defensemen, by and large around the league, especially your elite defensemen, they make the other people on the ice better. Yeah. Not the other way around. No matter who's with them, technically. Right. With all apologies to Mr. Pareko, who apparently was standing five feet in front of me at game six when I called his son a six-foot-six candy-ass turnover machine. Um, like you said, the, the mistakes that keep happening, flipping the puck over the glass, you know, just I can go down the list. I don't remember feeling this amount of dude get it together since, and I'm, I'm going to say a name that's harsh, but it's the truth. Eric Brewer. Now, Colton Prankle is night and day better than Eric Brewer, not comparing the two. What I'm saying is, it seems like just like with Eric Brewer, the mistakes that Colton Pareko makes, he continues to make day after day, game after game, season after season. There doesn't seem to be any – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Progression? There doesn't seem to be any lessons learned hmm. or skills improving in any of these detrimental areas. That is concerning to me. Especially because you just handed him another eight – you handed him an eight-year deal in the offseason. And that's what I'm saying. Like, let's just be real. Justin Fultz, your number one defenseman. 
He is. He's your most complete guy. Arguably, Tory Krug's your number two. But this team is going to push the narrative. Colton Pareko's the leader of the defense. Is he, though? Is he? Or is he just a guy that you drafted that had a lot of talent but seems to have plateaued and can't get over the hump of where he was a few years ago? Because I feel like he rose and he rose and he rose and then he just leveled out. And which he's is fine, missed. too. Which is fine, which is too. Fine. But then, which, it's but fine, if you put but the he's label not on him, a number one defenseman. If you, yeah, when you put that label on him that he's a, a number one guy, he is a guy that, okay, he can be on the top pairing, but with a guy that's definitely really good. That's right. And you're not paying that guy $8 million a year. And then also, you know, to me in the offseason, I'd be interested to see what the Blues would do and to, like you said, to get him kind of comfortable over there. Is it going out and getting somebody off Philly like a Sandheim or Provorov to put with them? That'd be an interesting pairing, I think. Yeah. especially Provorov, but like you said, what do we have to keep doing to make him the guy? I'll go a step farther, Jason. A few years ago, I would have told you, especially coming off that Stanley Cup, I would have told you that I think Colton Pareko is an untouchable player. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think with having Justin Falk, with having Tory Krug, with potentially having Nick Letty back, assuming he comes back, I think you know on the right they, side, man. There's nobody to replace that right side, though. You can't move. But I mean, if you could trade him and get something on the right, that's true. But I don't. But save some money. Nah, that's what I mean. But you got to also, what other team? If we're all the stuff we're bitching about, what well, I'm sure other teams are seeing it too. That's the way I look oh, at I'm it. Sure. Too. Look, you I, know. That being said, and and, and the, the market may have cooled on him, but remember, it seemed like three years ago. Every call that came into the Blues front office for a trade, that was the guy they wanted, above and beyond anybody else on the roster. Yeah. Let's, so it, I'm it, sure that there's someone out there who would gladly take on that salary and I'll give say, something I'll big say, in return. I'm going to say Edmonton calls, and let's say, uh, I don't know, let's just say they call and they won them. Maybe could interesting and what you could pull off over there. Um, well, I got a feeling Edmonton's calling probably real soon about one of our RFAs or UFAs. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit here. We'll wrap up the defense real quick. Scott Brunovich got hurt at the beginning of the year after having a very great start to the year down the AHL and looked like he was going to be really key contributor. Then he got another shoulder injury or wrist injury, excuse me. Yeah. Um, but came back in the playoffs. Looked great. Looked great running the, the power play and fit in. Like when Krug was out, he got put in and it was seamless. And it was, yeah. and he looked yeah. really good. The five on five, obviously, is a work in progress. But if that's your power play specialist and for a second round pick, that's great. Agreed. Uh, so I'll, agree. I'll go with a, a B and then I'll go with a C for the playoffs because really good at the power play stuff, not great at the five on five. So we'll say C. Almost a B. He's really close to a B for playoffs, but we'll just say a C. I'll go with a C for the regular season, and I'll go with a B for the playoffs. I think he was stuck in it. He was plugged into a situation with little time to catch up, and I think he did as well as could be expected. All right. And then another uh, guy that we will talk about a lot is this Marco Scandella. So three goals, 11 assists. Um but obviously, he's the one that was supposed to be the other stabilizing force on the left side of Colton Preco. And I think 
him not being great turns into maybe Colton Braco trying to overcompensate and him not being great or even competent at times. So Marcus Candela for me, as much as looks good at times and then, but really not great at times for making almost $4 million a year, you need to be pretty good all the time. In my opinion, um, I'm going to just, I'll be polite and give C's across the board because he was hurt in the playoffs for most of it. Uh, we'll go with double C's. So, Sure, I'll be polite too and go double C's as well. Yeah. So another guy who just got a new contract from the Blues, Callie Rosen, came up. Looks good at times. He's a good who he's a guy who could spell people at times, but not a guy you should be relying on in the second round of the playoffs as your second pairing, third pairing guy, in my opinion. He's definitely a guy in the in the minors who can get called up um, for a spell or even be your seventh defenseman, but that's about it. But he signed a new deal, which is nice. So he gets a two-year two-way deal, so about first out $700,000, $800,000. Good for him. I think he played well enough to deserve that. We need guys like that who's, uh, I say, a young veteran. He's like in later 20s. Great. That's a guy you need for your AHL team. They get called up on occasion. Uh, so I'll definitely say we'll save Rutherford B's across the board. Yeah, that's fine. So got called in the, was, he I think he looked a little overwhelmed in the playoffs to me, so I could say a C. Yes. But, man, you know what? I'm going to go re- rewind. Uh, no edit, but whatever. Uh, B's B for rare season, C for playoffs. I'll change. I'll say it seems. Yeah. So into our goalie situation. So obviously Jordan Bennington struggled during the play during the regular season tremendously. Got supplemented. There we go. By Billy Huso. Didn't look great there. But Jordan Bennington got it together after Billy Huso stumbled in the first round, and Jordan Bennington looked like the 2019 uh, version until the Nazem Kadri uh, hit. So um, now we, we remember two or three podcasts ago, we had the name of the podcast was Bennington or Huso. And we were talking about possibly figuring out who would take the Jordan Bennington in the playoff in the, after the season. So we can sign Billy Huso. Sure. Um, now, of course, you know, that's not the case because Jordan Bennington looked great. And uh, I think it's great. And it's a like, great, I think it's good that he went through that kind of diversity. And it shows that he, he have to continually fight, continually try to improve. And I think that was good for him. In the playoffs, 1.72 goals against, and it was a 95 save percentage. That's elite. Um, I, I firmly believe if he was the goalie for the rest of the Colorado series, we might be talking about um, – who knows we would have done Edmonton. I think we would have beat Edmonton. Um, I do too. Maybe not in a sweep, but we would have beat Edmonton for sure. Um, who knows? We're talking about us getting ready to go to the Stanley Cup Finals again. If we had Jordan, I think. I think honestly, and it's not and not, not me being a homer. I think the way he was playing, he was ready. He was on it, and I think yeah. and he had the number of those guys for a lot of games. I mean, he looked great. He had McKinnon's number for those first couple of games, and McKinnon really didn't break free you know, except for one game. Outside of that. I think, I think we would have been fine. Regular season, definitely a C for Jordan Bennington, but uh, playoffs, A. Um, firmly believe he's back. He'll be the goalie for it going forward after signing his big deal. I'm okay with that. So, uh, yeah, you know, the regular season was uh, up and down for him. He started off decent, but it seemed like right around Thanksgiving ish. 
he went into a tailspin and could not pull out. Mm-hmm. This team could win three or four games in a row with uh, Huso and Net. They put Bennington in against a cupcake opponent, and he'd fall on his face. Um, was it an Edmonton game where he like they scored the like three goals in the first like yeah. ten minutes of the game? He got pulled, and that thing that was yeah. a low point of the season for him. He uh, he looked shook, like he just looked like he had lost it. And you're right. I I there I I got to the point where I was like, well, he gave us a cup, but I think my boy's done. Yeah, we talked about the Cam Ward thing where he just like had one really good yeah. run, and then was an average goalie after that. Um, yep. But, but dude, if he continues like this, it'd be great. You, you hit the nail on the head when he came in in game four. Rewind. I went to game three of the Stanley Cup playoffs, first home game against Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I watched the warm ups and I looked at my friend that I went with and I went, Blues are screwed because Philly Huso couldn't stop a beach ball in warm ups. Like, couldn't stop a damn thing. And I was like, Blues are going to get the doors blown off in this this game. And they did. And then you and I went to game four when they put Bennington in. And I think we all knew after that game three that he had to give Bennington a look. Mm -hmm. And he was lights out. Yeah, I remember they scored the goal early, and we looked at each other like, oh, crap, here we go. And then he shut it down after that. Yeah, he played great. So uh, hopefully and he continues he like this. that way every single game. Yep, and he looked great. Like, yeah, they, like he didn't have a, like I say, a flaw, but he was on top of it. All the goals that were against him and from there on out were well-earned goals. Yep. And I think he was he was really great. So um, Bennington, definitely the starter next year, but who will be the backup is the question. So Huso obviously supplemented him during the season. If you remember back in 2019, it was weird because that role that Jordan Bennington had should have been Billy Huso, but Billy Huso had a knee injury, so they had Correct. to go with Bennington because they legit had nobody else. Yeah, and Bennington obviously did what he did, and Billy Huso was a black ace that year. So it was really interesting how that now they're both you know on this you know he's the backup, supplemented Huso, supplemented Bennington, and then Bennington supplemented him again. So. Huso had a great year, 25, 7, and 6, 2.56, 920. Uh, in the playoffs, he's 2 and 5 with 3.1 uh, goals against. So it wasn't great in the playoffs. But regular season, you got to give an A. Or excuse me, I didn't even give my grades to Jordan, did I? Yeah, I did. I said, I said, uh, C and A. Yeah, that's right. Um, so you have to give an A for regular season because one for him, let's be honest, Blues might not have been in the position they were where they were. Agreed. Agreed. They might have been fighting for me a wild card. It wasn't for him. Let's be honest. And yep. he winds up turning it around and making them the way they were. Playoffs, we'll go with a C. Because, uh, I mean, shut out to start it with Minnesota looking great. And then after that, it was just an uphill battle after that. It was white knuckling every game. Yeah. Uh, I, so. I'll agree with those grades. I mean, I think without Billy Huso, this team may not even make the playoffs. Um, but outside of game one, he looked very pedestrian. Yeah, and uh, Charlie Lindgren was in for – he had his five-game winning streak, so got to give him an A for that, playing the playoffs, obviously. Playing down the minors, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, you got to give – the well, we had the coaches. If you want to do the coach, uh, Ruby did great. I think it's an A. Armstrong, A. He revamped yep. his team and got them to where they're at. Um, yes. 
team was obviously at 920 goal scorers, which is insane. Ridiculous. Which you didn't think that was going to happen during the year, coming into the year. Uh, but they want to be great. So uh, offseason comes out. We're going to do the big offseason later on. It's so obviously we're doing grades a little bit longer podcast. So we're going to do offseason later. Who knows who the backup will be? That'll be the big story going into the offseason. What will the Blues do? We'll talk about that later. Uh, right before we wrap it up, though, the Blues, my league team, the Thunderbirds, the baby Thunderbirds, uh, had a big game last night against Laval, which is the uh, Montreal Canadiens minor league team. And another big win. Eastern Conference Finals, they are up two games to one now. So they play nice. a couple more this week. Uh, hopefully they can close it out. And then it looks like they might be playing the Chicago Wolves. Chicago Wolves are up 3 nothing in the West. So there's wow. potential that uh, they might be playing. And I think that's a very great story. I will be paying close attention to that. So Will Bitten played great the other night, four goals. Uh, for the Springfield Thunderbirds, we'll take it. Uh, Joel Hofer, Hofer, however you want to say it, look like he's playing great. That's great to see uh, for Blues fans. Uh, I think another year of seasoning for him, and that might be your backup. I think Lindgren has potential to be your backup next year. We'll talk about that later, though. So uh, anything else, Chris? We got the nail down here. Um, um, we should mention that Sunday is the three-year anniversary of We Went Blues Day. Yeah, so three years since the Blues won the Stanley Cup. I know they're doing the replay of Game 7 on uh, Fox Sports. I or can Bally's run down everything you need to know right now. All right, Chris, we'll do that. Uh, game 7, in their words, will air at 7 p.m. Sunday on Bally Sports Midwest, also on the Bally Sports app. There are a bunch of uh, merchandise deals at STL Authentics. Uh, there will be a We Went Blues Day auction with jerseys, artwork, sign pucks, things like that. Um, all the details that you need to know are on the Blues website. Uh, anything you want to put social media-wise that day regarding winning the Stanley Cup, use the hashtag WeWentBlues. Um, and also, I think it is mandatory that you get drunk as balls and try to sing Gloria like Brett Hall. Yes, that's uh, the only version that matters in my mind. So, uh, do a little Brett Hall singing on Sunday. So we'll uh, we'll tweet some stuff out and maybe we'll do. A, and also take a picture of yourself tweaking your nips. Like uh, yes, yes, I'm wearing a Ric Flair drip shirt, which is uh, fantastic. Yes. So uh, you got that. And I'll, I'll just mention this too, that the Blues uh, tweeted out uh, June is Pride Month. They actually, Blues are notorious for kind of not really putting stuff out there like that, but they did. The Blues are going to talk about initiatives they're taking, and they put that out there. I know they took some flack for it, which it is what it is. You guys are idiots. Many of the people talking to the Blues. I'm glad the Blues did the Pride Month stuff. So I'm really happy that they put that out there. So thank you for doing that, St. Louis Blues. Uh, means, means a lot. So we'll go ahead and wrap it up there. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. Uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook or Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey Podcast for either our, excuse me, Facebook and Instagram. So check those out. Go to our website. It's blueshockeypodcast.net or blueshockeypodcast.com. Those will have links to everywhere to download the podcast, which includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Amazon Music, Stitcher, um, Pocket Cast, Anchor, all the good places to find us. You can find us anywhere on the internets. And also, on, you can play the podcast on the website if you like to. Also, on the website, you're going to have links to a bunch of different stuff on there, including 
Rockstar Taco Shack. So Rockstar Taco, I got to go down there again to see Will, another great meal. Uh, 4916 uh, Shaw. I know they are doing, I think, coming up the 17th. So not this week, but the following week, I believe, they're doing a uh, Pride-themed trivia. The first one's sold out. Not sold out, but they got a lot of interest. They're doing two of them at night. So look on their page on Facebook, their event page for their Pride Night Trivia. It's like they do every Tuesday. Um, call and reserve your table. Get some great food. Get some, do some fun trivia. Meet some great people. Uh, yep. Will, Rebecca, and everybody down there are great. So go down there. And I told them. Rebecca, I guess there were some people who got all negative about them for doing a Pride Night themed event. Yeah. And I said, you let me know if uh people keep giving you crap and i'll come down there and be the seven foot tall guy and drag yeah so uh if anyone would like to join me in showing the closed-minded idiots uh that there's nothing to be afraid of go raid your mama your sister your girl whatever's closet and grandma get you dress and we'll go get some tacos in a, in a skirt and be happy and fat yep that would be great so Go check them out for sure. Also, check out Lucky Lola's. So, Lucky Lola's, get ready for summer barbecues. You have Lucky Lola's Sweet Jalapeno Heat, the Bratwurst. They're coming out with meat sticks, phrasing, and Chris's Man. favorite. Man, I tell you what, it's summertime. It's time for some meat sticks, and it's time to rub your salmon. So, you can do your own phrasings for everything I just said there. So, go ahead and add your own phrasings in for that. Uh, and, yeah, that's a wrap it up there. So, um, Sad to see the blue season end, but I think um, it'd be interesting off season. So a couple questions, hopefully, uh, hopefully get some answers for those blues have a decent draft pick this year, number 23. So we'll see if they hold on to that number one pick. It'll be very interesting. So uh, that'll be a bit for now. So thanks for listening for this season. We're uh, both of the and Chris are very grateful for everybody who tunes in, listen to us ramble on about wrestling, Always. hockey, and all the other stuff in between talk about our lives and stuff. So, um, Finishing, believe it or not, Chris, finishing year number seven. Ain't, ain't wrong with that. Six or seven. I have to look at the exact number because we started maybe halfway. We started with the Oshi year, so that was sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So six years. So yeah, we've been going, so six years going strong. One Stanley Cup in there, so uh, not too Would bad. So well, two hundred plus episodes. So thank you everyone for listening, downloading. You know tweeting stuff out following us on the social medias of course thanks to all of our sponsors for you know sticking around yeah. listening with us and doing really great stuff we enjoy um everything that we get to do here so we'll be back uh we'll keep coming back as long as you guys keep listening so uh once again thank you very much from the bottom of my heart honestly uh, you know sometimes it's a lot of work really late nights <laughs> putting this together it doesn't seem like it i'll be honest i know people say that but uh, it does take a lot of time out of a schedule sometime. And I thank Chris for once again, taking time out of his schedule every week, every two weeks, whatever we get to do this thing to talk blues hockey and some wrestling and whatever we get to do in between. So it means a lot. So thanks everyone. And thanks Chris. Uh, and uh, we'll keep coming to you. Thanks guys. Crazy. Yeah.